Inside LAFC podcast is going through a metamorphosis, so to speak. Hello, everyone. Inside LAFC, the partnership is back. Just like back in the heyday in the 1980s when WWF would have these two wrestlers, they would be the best of friends like Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. Then they'd break up, and then one day they'd come back together again. That day has arrived. The band is back together. Vince LaRosa, Max Bredos, the MVP podcast, part of the Inside LAFC Empire. Could you believe we're seated here, ready to talk about LAFC with the season just around the corner? Uh, I can because I put this all together. You did? Myself. I looped this all together. I thought you were in like a deep freeze. With a lot of help from my 110 football family, from Jason, from Ben, who's over there. I mean, we're in a studio, a great, fantastic 110 football fan cave studio. People were, people were always saying, we'd love to see more Max on this pod because it was an old an audio pod. And I go, you probably wouldn't because I did that in a robe, usually with my hair messy when my hair, <laughs> my Jason, hair is messy. Just so, if, if we laugh randomly, we have Jason, our producer, in our ear, and he's just no one wants to see bagging that. on us the whole time. But this is, look, this, we had you uh, in a cryogenic chamber, and now we pulled you back out for the pod for this because we knew this new release with 110 Football, and you can tell us what's going on with 110 yeah. Football. It's incredible. I'm really excited. The folks here are fantastic. They believe in this club. They believe in this league. And this is why we're here. And this is a show that we feel this is where we're going to talk football. We'll talk about the club because we know people want it. We have an incredible product. We just want to talk more about it. And 110 Football, thank you to everyone involved is allowing that to happen. Yeah, not to harp on it. I don't like your wrestler reference. I think of it more you did as it. Like, You looked with disgust. Yeah, because I thought I actually driving up here thought about it. I was like, what is it like? I was like, you know. Van Halen, when David Lee Roth left, they, they brought in Sam Hagar, and they still did well. Luckily, you didn't have to go through a Gary Sharon phase, but we brought back David Lee Roth, my, myself. Didn't, I, I've seen a couple concerts with that, so it, it worked out pretty well. Yeah. But I, I no, mean, more, no more Eddie, unfortunately. I guess, so I, I was a really sore subject for you to bring Van Halen. It's yeah. too soon for a Van Halen reference. Well, I guess your reference did work because the spandex and yeah. David Lee Roth. The only way it doesn't work is we never disliked each other at any point. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well. What? <laughs> <laughs> no way. No way. Okay, but to, to, uh, on the real, yes, uh, while I was gone, you know, the number one thing people ask me about is not uh, what's Carlos Vela like? Uh, is Latif Blessing really a great dancer? It was what was it like to work with Max all the time? Um, and too many people to thank all the ones that said they missed me on the podcast. So thank you, 110 Football, for bringing me into their show, but also now allowing us to branch out and do our show and do a video component. In a fantastic studio with cool microphones and the whole. And you want you shouldn't have to say that because I wanted to say that because it is important to for you to hear again what we went through when I did the podcast and I, I carried that uh, on an uh, on a singular basis had great guests the numbers never hit it when we were together granted we had a pandemic but clearly this partnership works oh, you're a lot. Blaming the pandemic on me? No, it, it, clearly the, you know the pandemic obviously is going to change and we're heading towards season, but. The groove we were hitting was fantastic. I know we, were, we had the earmark to come back. And people said, where's Vince? I felt empty. A lot of people want the whole spotlight. I usually am one of those people. But in this case, I'm happy to share it. And I'm so excited because no one knows more about the club than you. And I include myself with that because you've created those relationships. It takes a lot of time. So, Vince, fantastic. Stay out of it, Carapesi. It's because Vince deserves it. He's having his moment. Our Thank producer, you. Jason. I do know too much about the team. It probably ruins my personal life. If anybody's wondering how the podcast is going to change, you just witnessed it right now. We're going to ramble on in the beginning because that's what we do. Max, you're, you've been very tight in the beginning of your podcast where you really want to put out the news and get to your guests. 
No more, my friend. Okay. It's gonna be music references, wrestlers, whatever else. Dune. We're gonna talk about Dune a lot. Can we talk a little bit about how how MLS clubs did in the Concacaf Champions League? Oh, here's a question for you. I don't know. Is that on? I actually did create a rundown to be somewhat professional. All right, we'll talk about that later. But we're optimistic. But I want to talk about that, and we'll talk about it later about how LAFC fans. We were so close to be. Everyone wants to be the first. I spoke to John Thornton at the game. He goes, everyone wants to be the first. We're all happy for the league if some other team makes it, but, but not really. How do you handle that if that comes there, knowing how close we got? You, you complain that you should be in it because somehow Atlanta's in it from the Open Cup. I mean, let's that's be realistic. where that's where the issue that that you could have flipped a coin and determined who would be in there. Yeah, I mean, what about the team that you know went to the final and had the best chance and and continues to have the best chance with the depth in their lineup? Maybe you send LAFC. I mean, I don't. That was blame weird, you. huh? I mean, you're like, going, look, we, let's let's try and win this. They came this yeah. close. Let's give them another shot. Look, realistically, the Open Cup, this is their only way to continue to stay relevant. I like the Open Cup, but if they lose that spot this year, you could see them never getting it back. So it makes sense why, if you think about it. I think there's improvement. We'll get into that a little bit later. We'll also talk about the final preseason game, which more than anything else saw the return of fans, mm -hmm. a, a, a smattering. But you got to take your first step before you start running. We've heard it from the state of California. June is a date where they say full return, whatever that means, but that those two words suggest close to a full house. I don't know if it's a full house. They said full return, back to normal. Not back to normal. Nothing's going to be back to normal. But you're going to see this gradual progression, but this was a chance to see how it looked with a, a, a few fans there. It was great to hear <laughs> the six or eight guys in the North End singing Jump for LA Football Club. That was my Safe favorite distance. part. Oh, I looked at it, and I was just, oh, that feels so And good. not just them singing the songs. They were talking some trash, and they were fantastic. They were doing olays. Uh, I, last year, look, I love Al Ray, and I love the work that they did to make an atmosphere for those players with an empty stadium. It was a little weird. But I loved having just the little bit of silence to where I could literally hear every trash talk that somebody from the crowd was saying. I mean, uh, I think Matt Polster had his family there because he scored a goal. I mean, cherish that. That's not going to happen much. But Wow. Uh, <laughs> He had, Did not he had, expect a shot a, across yeah. a bow from Matt Polster this early. Come at me, Polster. Uh, <laughs> he, had a, he had a cheering section who was very happy for him. But as LFC clawed their way into the game, as we'll talk about, uh, the uh, – I'm not going to curse. The trash talking. Bruce Arena did all the group. cursing because he was the one voice I heard the most just ripping this referee, which was hilarious. Yeah. I love it. And Bruce Arena spends a lot of time at that stadium where he did because his son was part of the staff. And you do Bruce a Bruce impression? I'd rather leave. Some guys are so much better than me. And uh, I, 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 Bruce has been so wonderful for me over the years. When I went to ESPN, because Bruce doesn't say anything. We're going off on a tangent. Bruce doesn't say anything uh, uh, <laughs> out of the or, or, But I was at ESPN for a few years, and I sat down did an interview when he was with the Galaxy. We had our ESPN game for that. And he turns to me and goes, hey, Max. And I go, yeah. He goes, just want to say how, how proud I am of you for what you've accomplished to get through to ESPN and one of us soccer guys. That's that's no minor detail. This isn't absolutely paraphrase. So congratulations. That's very, a pretty good very, impression. Like, wow, thanks, Bruce. Wait, you said you don't do an impression. And I read his book as a return, and which was an easy read. Oh, okay. You just said you didn't do a Bruce impression, and then you did one. Yes. I could do a Bruce. What's going? You're really you're kicking tail and taking names at ESPN. All right. Well, but that sounds like something else. <laughs> this studio is amazing, by yeah. the way. Did I brush? Did I gloss you, over? Can that? you use your Bruce to segue us to the actual match? Time to see how me and the New England Revolution did against the uh, uh, LAFC at Bank of California. Everything sounds. Everything it yeah, blends like into. It's gonna sound like Sean Connery in a couple seconds. Well, so uh, Max, you 
you were there this match. I was there, obviously. I was there at the match before. If I had to target one big theme, it was this LFC team needs to clean up some mistakes that they're doing. And the other thing is, be ready for when teams are going to play you differently. Slow start. So people were asking me, like, what, what is going on? Why is, why is the New England Revolution, who I think are going to be a good team, I think they're going to be the second best team in the East. Yeah. I think. They're just a solid team. They've got a great goalkeeper. They have the best goalkeeper in the league. I think they have the best American goalkeeper. Yeah. Uh, and then you have these pieces. And like Polster and Buxa score these goals. Those are guys that I think they're really leaning into. Mm -hmm. So they show they have more than just that core group of players. So it's going to be a good team. That said, uh, that's a bad habit to get. It's preseason, and you take it at face value for, for what it is. But it's, it, it was something we've seen in other games. That you need to curtail. I would add, and we can continue. That's obviously a big point. I will add that LAFC, and it may be fun for the supporters. It may not be. It's going to be, as we've seen in the past, such a fun watch. That was that was Autobahn. You know, that yeah. end to end. And the Revolution did their part. They kind of went after it as well. But watching the combinations and once they start to click, it is, it, for better or worse, it's going to be a real fun watch. And I think they're going to have their hiccups. Along the way, it's going to be a challenging season. There are less teams that you can just go in and get three points against. I think everyone, I think the bottom lifted up in MLS. So mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be tricky. Like San Jose, Vancouver, these are teams that LFC is going to play with some frequency. They're not teams that are going to let you kick them around because they had, took a, they had a very serious offseason. Yeah, I mean, to steal the Jurgen Klopp term, it's going to be some heavy metal football, right? And yeah. it's going to look good. The theme was, if, if you want like a, a theme, obviously there was mistakes that were made that, that led to goals, but it was this. In that first game, LFC actually came out really hot, and they looked really good. They couldn't score a goal. Second half, the Revs decide we're going to press, and LFC's not ready for it. The second game, the Revs decided we're going to press right from the get-go, and LFC's not ready for it. So they need to understand that the game is going to be played in different ways. I, I actually hate this phrase, you have to earn the right to play, but I guess it makes sense. Everyone, all coaches use it. Use it. And that was what LFC didn't do. They thought they could come out. They're going to just pass the ball around. And in the second game especially, it's a little too casual. A little too casual standing in your spots. I mean, they come out and press. And, of course, if they're going to press, they're going to press your number one distributor, who's Edward Atuesta. And you have Mark Anthony Kay, who had just come back from international duty. So, yes. And had a quarantine as and well. And quarantine. It was like so four or five working, days. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's less than ideal. He's working up to speed, but he knows, the, he knows the way it goes. He knows the rotations. He knows the movements that need to be made. But him and Latif, initially, a little slow to, to change their angles, to give some out balls. And then, like I said, they're just too casual. And New England's going to be a good team. They can finish. They've got some players like Carlos Heel, Bo, Busco, who he, he grew in the season. Um, they know what they're doing now. They know their roles. Bruce has been there long enough. Tejon Buchanan's good. Um, yeah, it's gonna, if, you're gonna, if that's going to happen, you're going to get put to the <laughs> sword. But to your point, thankfully, LAFC has some, has some guys that can uh, – can claw it back. It's going to be a weird season because uh, you're, you're going to see one Eastern Conference team after this scrimmage, I guess we could call it, against the Rebels. They play Atlanta in the regular season. Otherwise, it's all West. And, and City. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. And, there's, and, and so there's, there's it, it's very, what you see there is like how much can you take apart from that to go to the next stage where you're going to play mm -hmm. familiar foes. I, you know, and Bob, we're going to talk to, and he'll be the first to say, you don't want to take too much. This was a chance to kind of go through the motions, but I was generally optimistic. The bad start is something you, you hope they alleviate. There is uh, bad starts with set pieces. I think we, I wanted to see a little bit more. We didn't get a good look at that, but we'd like to see how they do that. Be, with, with Murillo in there, 
that's going to be an upgrade. We saw it at the back end of the season as well. I like the space they made in the midfield eventually to get the fullbacks up or whoever whoever were going on. We mm-hmm. saw a lot of guys moving forward. Cheeky were still waiting for the crosses, but he got up there, and even more so Tristan, and there was space for those guys. Uh, there was a, a good opportunity. I, I, the other thing I'd watch is how Corey, Corey Baird combines with Rossi mm-hmm. and Villa. That was great. They look like a well-oiled machine. It doesn't mean that's your starting three. I would tend to think it is. Mm-hmm. We saw Mahala come in. Danny Masovsky was there at the end of the year. We'd, we would imagine all those guys will play a big role in a condensed, packed-in, very busy calendar. I just think the, the, the machinations from the attacking group was, was fantastic. We all have to assume the defensive wherewithal, they're working on it, and mm-hmm. they'll get that. But obviously, you can't fall behind games. Well, when the, when the group is turned on, like you can see it. And you're like, oh, these guys are really good. And you see what we saw during the Champions League. It was kind of the exact same thing we saw throughout last season. It was like, this team is so much better than some of the results. But that when they dial in and they're able to dial in for a majority of the game, they're almost unstoppable. So you could see that in preseason. I would say my other good thing from it was your reference to Corey Barrett. I thought the front three were very interesting. I mean, you've got Diego. That's an interesting choice of words. Yeah, they're interesting because you've got Diego and now you've got Corey Baird, who um, is very different than Brian Rodriguez. Brian wants the ball at his feet. He wants to dribble past guys. Corey does not mind doing the, the dirty work, and he doesn't mind doing those extra runs to try to get behind defenders. He's willing to run past guys all day. Even if he goes offside and it doesn't get used, it creates other openings. And I think any defense that now says, okay, so we got a plan for Carlos Vela to, to have the ball in front of us and do his magic, and you got to plan for Diego Rossi and Corey to just break at any moment and take off behind you, that's a difficult ask. Corey Barrett's going to be that game changer because he's going to be given that space. Will he score a lot of goals? I don't think they're going to put that on his shoulders too much. But as you saw, he assisted on the, the Rossi goal, the interchanges. He looks really happy to be here. He's like, this is Wouldn't what you a be? great – Of course, <laughs> but it's not for – We've had players at yeah. LAFC that just didn't quite seem happy. It wasn't their thing. Yeah. LAFC's not for everyone. Corey Baird strikes me as a guy who goes, this is exactly where I want to be. Look who I'm playing with. And those two guys, both were arguably the best two players in the league. There's no argument about Vela in 2019. Diego Rossi, amongst the best players. I, you could, but you could argue he was the MVP because of what he did offensively, missing Carlos Vela for large portions of the season. It's a, it, it, it just it really works if you get that third guy. We've had guys in there that have worked at different looks, more traditional or False nines in, in many cases. Mm-hmm. This is just a, a, a complimentary piece. It's very much like the other two pieces in a lot of ways. And he can stretch the field. So he's happy there. It's when it happened as an acquisition, we weren't sure what the team would look. We'll talk about Brian Rodriguez. What happens in the future? Because there's going to be another piece, whether it's who knows, whether Brian or someone else, that's going to help accentuate that as well. But it's uh, it, it's. You need that. You need depth in this position, too. But Corey Baird put his hand up in these preseason games, and you got to be excited about it. We hope for the best we got it. Excellent segue, depth. Should we go Should <laughs> we go, go into what we think? We've been wanting to do a depth chart for two we, months. We've been talking about a depth chart since literally we put this partnership back together, and we were like, oh, we can shoot some things together. Max and I, we can be buddies again. Um, and now we finally get to do it. <laughs> it took forever, right. but we finally get to do it. Be, I don't want to be messy No, we, we, we haven't been friends, Jason, this entire time. We've been frenemies, and now we're back. Yes, I'm going to do a top five list of LAFC employees that bug me, and you might be moving up them charts, my friend, the way you're going. 
I'm working on it. All right. I have my uh, official. Oh, your, your official depth chart. Yeah. Yeah. It's go ahead official. and show it to the camera. Don't show it. Okay. So you want me or to start? Don't. Yeah, go for it. So we saw a little Pablo Cisniega in the preseason. We saw a little Kenneth Vermeer. So goalkeeping, Kenneth Vermeer ended the season. He played that last preseason game. I would think we'd, we, he would probably be the one, but this is still a competition. That's the hottest that's battle, be, right? That's a hot battle. And it has to hit. This is important. You know, uh, they've, you know, Tyler Miller was the guy. Vermeer was brought in. Pablo Cisniega is this super talented goalkeeper with his best years ahead of him. You're grooming him to be a number one here. Uh, but it's important with what's happening and what we talked about to have a, a rock back there and one who can play in this system. It's a, goalkeepers are almost an outfield player yeah. in many ways for this team. Well, who is, yeah, who's your, who's your pick? Like, to start? Let's, yeah, let's, let's just start crossing friends off our list. Who do you pick to start? I think it's Kenneth. I think Cisniega could be the starter at some point sooner than later in this season, depending on how Vermeer's start is. If you, ha- if, if you had your choice, if you were Bob Bradley, is that? Is Pablo who you're saying you would start? I, I, I've always said it's a young man's game. It's always a young man's game. So I would start Pablo Cisnega if it was me. Okay. It wasn't Bob. If it was me. Because I think the growth is there. The tools are there. He's still young. He makes mistakes. But we see young goalkeepers get these opportunities and they settle into it. I would think it's Pablo. Because if he'd be the long-term candidate, unless they're going to go a different direction. Mm-hmm. And they have Tomas Rincon, who's going to be observing. Could be an interesting guy. Mm-hmm. Olympian for El Salvador. That's that's a good position to be. We don't know, but uh, I, I Pablo's the guy I think they've invested the most, and I would probably start him. I tend to lean Pablo too, and it's not because I don't want to cause controversy. It's just at the end of the day, you need a goalkeeper that you can say every every game or so, please save a goal from us. For that's going to happen, a for sure thing goal. And Pablo just does that a little bit more now. His distribution has not been good in preseason, um, and he knows that. What I don't mean? think I'm talking out of school in that. Um, you know, it's almost like if you could take Kenneth and Pablo and put them together, you would have a perfect goalkeeper. But that seems to be LAFC's problem since the jump, since 2018. Um, I think what Bob's looking at, though, is Kenneth in those big games uh, in, at the end of the year Champions League did save some goals and was back to the heights of what you would expect a goalkeeper to do. But if I had to go based the penalties. on... Yeah, if I had to go based on track record, Pablo is the guy that game in, game out, he, he makes that extra save that maybe wipes half a goal off the board or something like that. Um, but yeah, this is to me, this is still the hottest battle. I feel like the rest of the spots are falling to place pretty easily. There's, there's something in the midfield that I feel like we could talk a little bit about. And but this is a depth chart, and there's going to be a lot of games, so guys mm-hmm. are going to get games. I would say with Pablo, if he was, say, he's the second goalkeeper here, there's going to be 20 teams, in, not 20, 15 teams in the league that say, I think he could probably start for us. We'd love to, to oh, have yeah. him in there. He's, he's not that inter- good. He's not an international um, yeah, he's got so many, ba- and now he knows the league, so he makes a lot of sense for a lot of teams to go right in at number one. Yeah, so we'll go to the so somebody the, keep an the eye top on. two. Yeah, you you could be you could sit there and say I'll play some games here and there, but you want to be the featured guy, especially he's 26, 26 You can't do goal if you do goalkeeper by committee, then you don't have a number one goalkeeper. Yeah, it's like running backs in football. Yeah, someone's gonna be like I, I think quarterbacks, not running backs. It's kind of like uh, doing a podcast. At some point, someone's gonna say I- I'm the guy here. Yeah, someone's definitely taking our spot soon. No, I'm talking <laughs> about me being the guy. I was, oh. I was a shot at you. I was just kidding. Wow, that just fell flat. Should wow. we just stop the show now? Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> defenders. I'll go with the four. Go to defenders. Go to defenders of the bank. That's defenders what you mean, of right? the bring bank. Them in here. You're out, Love Max. Those guys. I'll bring them in. Philly in the scarf. Right, go to defenders. So defenders. We'll go with the back four that started. Eddie Segura, who 
I think we're, we we could say is going to be competing for best defender in the league. Mm -hmm. Jesus Murillo is a nice complimentary piece, big and physical. He looked massive out I, I there. Mean, complimentary to Eddie, but not just a complimentary piece. I would say he's going to challenge for best defender. Possibly, in the league. Eddie can do so many things as a defender. He's, he's steady, except, Eddie. But he's almost like not a defender. He can be the the uncompromising center defender. He can be this passing player. He scored some goals. He scored some good goals. He scored a very nice goal against uh, New England. And there's these things where he uh, he we're just scratching the surface for the kind of defender. He's a very modern guy well, uh, that, with the way he does it. That wrinkle of also, and you're going to get to him because he's going to he's on he's at right back now. But that wrinkle of sometimes Tristan, it could be Tristan Murillo. And maybe to finish out a game, Eddie takes that sixth spot, and you really shut down a game. They did that a couple times last season. I could see it happening more. So if we're talking about depth chart, we'll, we'll just because of number wise, number one defender is Eddie. Mm -hmm. Number two, we'll say Jesus Murillo, mm -hmm. and then the left back was cheeky. He's going to be the left back. We need left footed, left sided players. Mm -hmm. So he's. I've been very in the Champions League, Concacaf Champions League, and here. Very excited about his development. Still has that way to go, mm -hmm. but he gets him behind defenders very nicely. And then Tristan at the right back. He'll probably be the right back because Kim Moon-Hwan, not 100%. He'll, he'll, he will definitely start as the right back, right? Kim yeah. Moon-Hwan is, is just physically behind Tristan, and that's not his fault. He's been injured. So, yes, Tristan. But to Tristan's credit, he's played well in the preseason. And also, back going, again, going back to the Champions League, I, I continue to harp on, I think the choices that are going to be made going forward is also has a lot to do with the Champions League and how well guys played. You get rewarded. It's like, that was your best team. Why wouldn't you roll them out there to start the season again? Tristan could end up being one of the two or three most important players on this team because he'll be cover the right back. He's going to cover the center backs. Mm -hmm. And really, Jordan, Jordan Harvey could come in at center back. It's not really his natural position. You're going to have to go to a younger player other than that to come centrally. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. Tristan's going to put out a lot of fires in both those positions uh, as he's doing now on the right back as Kim Moon-Hwan, who was brought in to be the starting right back, has to get ready and get to the, the physical level and adjusted to this game. In the meantime, Tristan's going to eat up these minutes. And at the end of the season, he might be at one of these positions playing a significant role. I wouldn't doubt it. And look, he's in the mix for the U.S. men's national team. He got into a camp. It was ended by an injury, but he got into the camp. So you have four, but we got to look at the cover and uh, you already brought up Kim, who Kim Marcus cover, Fafan, cover who came and in. or fight really fighting for that. But both fullbacks, and that's it. That was like the core, the core six guys. I think we we can mention mm -hmm. seven if we include Jordan Harvey. Yeah, uh, and then it's it's not the deepest group. So it's MLS. There's it's yes. a salary cap. You have seven right. defenders that you can count on at any moment. That's more than most teams have. I mean, most teams aren't too deep. In every position, I, f I feel like LFC really is too deep in every position. I think at the fullbacks, you're, you're doing great. Yes. You got four guys that you could pop in there and say, yeah. we feel good. Center back, you're counting on some yes, guys. To that's, I guess that was the point. I don't want to say it was too deep, but the center back, it could be it. And that could be an issue. Certainly, how we saw LFC could see some goals early in the season. Not mm -hmm. so much in the Champions League, but we'll get to that. Why don't, should we go to, is that good? Should we go to midfielders? Yeah, I think that's great. Midfielders, uh, it's an, an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. You got a guy like Sifu who comes off the bench who could start for all 27. Is it 27 MLS teams? 26 I think, MLS teams. I like that you went right soccer. to Sifu because I think there will be 45 teams in MLS. 45. There will be soon enough, uh, especially when we combine with you, League MX. You went right to Sifu. I do think that the, the – I just wanted to, to make a point. Well, no, the group that we're used to seeing is probably going to start the season. Mark, Edward, uh, Latif. Did, I twisted looked like he was playing a little deeper than usual in that – 
scrimmage. I mean, because they were pressing them, and, yes, they, and I mean, he was, was dropping in between the center backs. But um, I think Sifu is going to wrangle that job, and no, no difference to to Latif. Um, Latif had an up and down year, like a lot of players. I mean, this is not. I'm not bagging on anyone. Almost the entire team had an up and down year, besides, let's say, maybe Diego Rossi. Um, but Sifu just brings a, a different element, an extra bit of of dribbling, of physicality, um, of shooting. Uh, I think his passing is is pretty spot on. Well, the Tief is a great passer. Um, obviously, can control the ball really well. But Sifu is my guy that I believe will be a breakout player, not just for LAFC, but in the league. Like the league is going to look and go. Oh, I wow. like that shout. He has all the tools, and you said up and down. He had some big ups and some big downs mm-hmm. uh, in since arriving at LAFC. The, the gap has certainly shrunk with that. Uh, the fitness is up, and it, it'd be hard. And Latif, because of his utility skills, which are going to bail the club out, mm-hmm. it may move to him. I think Bob and, and the coaching staff, in a pinch, when they want that, they're going to go to Latif because they know what he brings. Yeah, imagine bringing Latif off the bench. But like I think as already... a starter, I think they know what he brings as a starter, and they say, yeah. we feel safe with that trio, and it's tried and tested. But you've got to find Sifu. We have two utility players now, so who, how would you rate them? You have Tristan Blackman, who's going to move. And I say utility with the, with the mm-hmm. utmost respect because it's really important to have guys who can slot in here. Tristan is complaining. Let's just call it guys who can play multiple positions. Yeah. And then Latif. I'm going to give it to Tristan just because I think he can do both positions at a high level. I really like Tristan as a center back. I hope they find a way to continue his development as a center and Bob back. Bob always like said that's his uh, number one position. I, look, they compare him to Sergio Ramos, and I know a lot of people want to laugh and say that, but like you watch some things that he does, some athletic plays that he makes, and it is very Sergio Ramos-like. He's not your customary, he's not a, a Puyol a defender that just kind of does the defensive things. I mean, he does some wild stuff. It works out for him. You, you, you kind of pull your hair out because you're like, oh, God, please don't do that again. Yeah. But when it works, it's really, one, it's really cool. We're gonna we're we're gonna have a great first new Latif, uh, a new podcast here. We're gonna have a first new podcast, and the soundbite that's gonna come here is is you comparing Tristan to Sergio Ramos. You know it's coming your way. I'm fine with that. Good. I have no but, problem but with I that. Give it, but I give it. To I know Tristan. what you're saying because we all say because he kind of reminds you of this guy. I give it to Tristan over Latif only because, and I think Latif actually plays a, a fine right back when and he will when he, he wants to. But will he play right back now that you have? I hope not. Kim Moon Juan, you have Farfan. I mean, where. You're going to put those guys in no. front because they are right backs by trade. Latif's uh, utility roles will be as a winger and as a central midfielder. Again, I think when he plays right back and he wants to play right back, he, he's a fine right back. But you can tell his mind drifts and he does not want to be in that position. And that's a position where literally you cannot turn off because you have to be attacking one minute and literally the ball turns over, transition, especially in MLS. You have to be going back the other way 150 miles an hour. So I agree with you as well that Tristan's the uh, – the top multi-positional player, as opposed to utility. Yeah, utility is like the guy player. who plays for the Orioles, and you yeah. know he can play a little center field, a little second base. Yeah, give you a good bunt. We don't want that. No, it's Harold Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. I was trying to think Who's of one another? like <laughs> Damian Easley. Uh, uh, let's see. When I was a kid, I'm naming like all Angels play- players. Uh, Who's it? Kike, Gary. Kike Gary uh, Schofield. God, do you have like baseball cards in your back pocket? I, I can I smell the gum from kid. here. Yeah, sorry. Big League Chew. Big best, League Chew. Best gum ever. Did you ever put oh. the entire Big League Chew in your mouth at once? Of course, I oh was a kid. Oh my god, that's that was such an accomplishment. I yes. can't remember at what age though I finally realized that like, oh, this is priming kids to chew tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> Not me, because I get that glob and I'd stick it under my school desk. 
And then the teacher would find out and go, oh, my God, what is this? It was like four giant alien globs of gum under the desk. And then I claimed it was someone else you from were, a dumb period. You were a troublemaker, yes. right? Uh, not really. No? I was a bit of a class a clown. Kid? It wasn't a trouble. A straight A, a kid? No, I wasn't a straight A okay. kid. I was a terrible student. Oh. I just kind of. I, I think would, I'd be a great never, student never today. Never would have guessed that. If I went to school today, I'd be a great student. I sure hope so. <laughs> I, know everything. I know the answer to this one. If, <laughs> if as a grown man I could go yes. back to third grade, I'd kill it. Yes. So let's go back to the midfield. So the depth chart. The, st- <laughs> the depth chart is Kea, Twesta, and Latif starting. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, we saw Sifu. He slides in, so he will be the At number one I for think, now. And I yeah. think you've got to. Pancho very late came on. He's played a lot of minutes. They have high expectations. Big name South American player coming here. He's going to play. And playing then, more as a six in preseason. Thank God. I, look, he he's another one who had a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. I just think that that's his position. He's he's a player that he's a pretty slick passer. Doesn't uh, have the physical sc- that's what it, tools that's where that everyone else here yep. probably does. Yeah, as an eight, as a guy further up the field that has to have those reactions. He's shown that. It's, he's not quite at that level. Maybe he can get there. I don't know. I don't know if that's something that you can acquire, but I would prefer him in, a, in the sixth position. Maybe instead of that expression that's so popular with Cockney slang, with they're in sixes and sevens, we should change it to sixes and eights. Sure. It makes it's more It drives me wild when Arlo uses that on Premier League. Like, oh, you want to talk yeah. about some of the Englishisms? No, we, we'll, we'll, do that. That, we'll save that for another podcast. I, think, I, hey, I love I, that he drops it just to let everyone know, hey, I'm English. Absolutely is hey, a I'm word English. that is much more emphasized in, in England than in, in our country. So, and also starting sentences with shall we. Oh, we shall. <laughs> That's so, yeah, you're right. I go, shall we? I go, well, I guess. If I, actually, no, we shall not. You asked so nicely. Bryce Duke, still young. Also depth. Yep. A guy who uh, they've put a lot of time in developing, and they develop players well. Uh, and I think he is going to be in that, that core group Mm-hmm. On the outside looking in, just because of all the talent that's there. Yeah, might spend some time getting some uh, polishing in, in Vegas. In Vegas. You know, I mean, he needs, he needs minutes. A lot of these guys need minutes because, as we've just said. And their games are mid- being played by Vegas. Some of the LFC yeah. guys are playing games yeah. in Vegas. So people- This midfield group is hard to crack into, but they're too talented to just be sitting around. And they're too young to just be sitting around. They need to get minutes. Vegas road trip? Of course. 110 football slash MVP. Well, you already talked to Steve Cherandolo. He's like, you guys are best buddies, right? We yeah. Can- can we sit on the bench? Do you think? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I'll see what he can do. I go, yeah. hey, Steve. Can we up. get one of those those uh, crazy Vegas jerseys? They, I'm they, not a jersey guy. Like a this donut. is. I mean, I'll wear LAFC jerseys. Yeah. I don't wear anything else. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but I don't wear jerseys. I you're, don't. I know you're all Adidas out today. My friend used to wear hockey jerseys. I mean, hockey's a you know is a dead end sport. It's a so, sweater. Yeah, it's a sweat. Whatever. Hockey's going to be off the face of the earth. I'm just saying this because our producer is a hockey Wait, guy. You made a hockey reference the other day on something, and I was very surprised. On, on Libertadores, you oh. made a hockey reference, and I was like, why is Max making was a it? hockey reference? First of all, penalty box? Yeah, no, I can't remember what you made, but I was like, icing. first of all, not, not, definitely not the group. Independent del Valle is icing the I, I think it was you and Nigel Rio Coker. He, oh. he, you guys do it from separate rooms, right? No, we're in the same room. Oh, he must have looked at you like, what he's come a long way we're proud we're very proud of of the development that he has had uh so yeah i always take jabs at hockey because i have so many people are hockey guys i like i'll tweet i'll tweet yesterday when does the hockey season start (laughs) (laughs) i should be happy my hometown team the florida panthers are crushing it my hometown team move (laughs) on to the forwards 
to the forwards. Forwards a hockey term. Also. I mean, this is a glorious list, no? Yeah. Of forwards. I mean, this is an embarrassment of riches. They got cover if as, things go hairy. As long as guys stay healthy. Obviously, you know, if you lose a guy like Carlos Vela, you, you go down a notch, but somehow Diego Rossi just but, goes bananas. Let me ask you this. Because I know people listening are going to go, hey, what's going to go with Carlos Vela? This talk, hey, he might play in the Gold Cup. Wh what reason would you think, based on anything that's happened over since the 2018 World Cup, what would suggest that he would say yes to do that? He, I'm, I don't know what Carlos is thinking, but he seems content beyond belief in his love of a club man. This is a perfect guy to have. I, maybe he does. And he, by all means, he goes, I want to represent my country again. I don't think so. You, look, our that's friends, why he is a perfect player to have. Yeah, our friends in the Mexican media, they love these stories because this is this is clicks. This is what they do. They like just jabbing at Carlos. And I think he loves that. Now it's like I hold all the power. You have no idea. One, the Mexican media has no idea what he said to Tata. And I know that they've had conversations. We know that they've had conversations and they've probably settled it. Right. Him and Tata Martino. They're, they they yeah. probably have a, a gentleman's agreement on how this is going to go. Um, but at the same time, look, he's still. It's the Mexican national team. He takes pride in it. So you're not going to just say, no, absolutely, I'll never be there. But, no, he wants to play for LFC. He loves the quality of life. It's the quality of life, Vince. Yeah. It's, I think more players are going to do it. And with, with the pandemic, international play has taken a whole new other turn where it's, you're like, I mean, I'm not saying people aren't going to do it, but I think once you get into, like, the 30s and you're, ah, is, you know, my family, I'm happy. If there was a World Cup this summer, we might have a different conversation. Yes. But it's the Gold Cup. No offense to the Gold Cup. I will watch it, and I'll enjoy it, but no. And will they be first-team Mexico-U.S.? I don't think it's going to be a first-team U.S. men's national team. No, I mean, a lot of it, uh, all the impetus is on qualifying. Yes, and that Nations League, which I think right before, it's, I think those are going to be the senior teams. Gold Cup will be a little bit alternative, which still be good teams. Yeah. So the four, so we have Vela, number one. A, number one. Yeah. The Duke, the, the Duke of New York City, A, number one. You know where that's from? No. Escape from New York. Oh, a number oh, so you're the oh, Duke. Sorry. A number one. I said we were gonna watch do we were gonna talk about Dune a lot. The other movie, Escape from New York. We will yes. talk about that. That's my favorite movie of all time. So Vela oh, right. Rossi. Rossi looks like he's got an axe to grind. Right. <laughs> Rossi was fantastic in the in He the, was riding the referee. What was, what was the moment that you saw that we were we, we so doubled went, over he laughing? Went, he went to shoulder to shoulder with Henry Kessler, who was much bigger than him. Um, knocked Henry off. And it probably, maybe, I mean, you know, it was 50-50. Maybe it was a foul. But he got called for a foul. Swung, swung around and immediately just yelled, okay. And then like, ran, to the ran to the referee, yelled, what did I do? And then the whole time, Henry Kessler sat there like this. Bro? <laughs> Can I have my hand up? Bro? And, and then. For our audio, for our audio listeners. Then the, uh, he held his hand up, and the, uh, the assistant referee had to pick him up. And I, I wish Diego actually would have slapped his hand away again. Why would I pick you up? I'm not your friend. The referee ended up picking him up. Yeah. But he looks, he looks angry. I mean, I like a I like in. an angry Diego because it means he's going to go out there. He's going to give yeah. his all. I mean, oh. he knows he knows what the next step is. He knows that if he would not, there would not have been a pandemic, probably wouldn't be here. Listen, Carlos Vela is a number one, but Diego Rossi has the capabilities to be the most important LAFC player by season's end. He dusted some guys with his pace, and he looks like he's on. He's looked like he has slippers on and he's jogging, mm -hmm. but he's not. And he just rips by guys. They were playing balls in. Diego Rossi is entering his best life yeah. right now as a football player. He's also looking really fit. I don't know if it's those yes. workouts with Gaston Reynoso or what, but he is cut. Gaston Reno? Oh, is it Reno? Oh, the MMA guy. Gaston Reno? Reno? The MMA guy? Is it Reynoso uh, or Reno? Tonga. Gaston Reno, and his nickname is Tonga. It's not Reynoso. 
Um, who's Gaston Reynoso? Are you talking about the MMA it. fighter? Yeah. Stop correcting me. It's Gaston Reyno. It's Reyno. R-E-Y-N-O. Okay. Dude, I, I'm, I'm in with the Not Uruguayans. Not I have ch Chivitos with them all the time. Well, at media day, he said, Diego Rossi said uh, Valverde as his five-a-side team. And I was like, Ernesto? And he goes, what? And I was like, yeah, why would, he, why would you pick a coach? of?" He goes, no, Federico Valverde. I was like, of course. Yeah. I was actually talking to Gaston Reyno the other day. Uh, we're talking about Uruguayan football and Fernando Muslera, who uh, may be looking for, may be looking for a rebirth. He's still in Turkey? He's still in Turkey, making piles of money. <laughs> Great. Then why would you We leave? were talking about how much money. But this is a goalkeeper that may be looking this, you know, maybe Don't looking. start those rumors. All right. That Go was Gaston's thought. Yeah. Uh, that was my Okay, so Vela Rossi will put Barrett at number three because he started. We talked about Corey. Then we'll see Mahala. He came in. Danny Masovsky, who finished the season, brings a different skill set that others can't mm -hmm. as a, a more traditional center yeah, forward type. Yeah, just that, that willingness and grit to be in the right place at the right time. Right. Uh, but you if know. you bring in Masovsky for Barrett, it's going to create a... Uh, oh, I love, I love Masovsky as, a, as another option off the bench. A guy that's just a goal getter, you know, like a kind of garbage goal, a Filippo Inzaghi type character, born offside. I love that type of guy. But he's more, it's going to be, a, you're going to have to change the way you look if you bring him in because he's not running like Corey Baird. Mahala, kind of more like Corey Baird where it wouldn't be a shock to Rossi or it wouldn't change how Rossi and Vela play. Masovsky may get a little further up. He doesn't yeah. have the pace of that third, either Mahalo. So it's a little change in system in that mm -hmm. sense. I don't know how that affects him in the big picture because maybe yeah. they want a different look. No, yeah, Mahalo is a type of guy like Corey, like Diego, like Carlos, that he likes the ball at his feet. He can do some things to create his own shot. Danny is definitely get him on the end of that final pass. So, yes, you, you, you change up just slightly the way you play because Danny's a finisher. Christian Torres. Wild card. Really, wild card could be could be the heir apparent to what Corey Baird is doing mm -hmm. sooner than we think. Mm -hmm. They're developing. developing. He's 16, going to be 17. Yeah. Looks to get bigger and bigger every Six, time I see him. 16 and 17, you don't wait for those guys anymore. If they have the, the goods, you put them in. It's he's happening all over the world. He's already scored an MLS goal. Scored an MLS goal. So if he continues on that trajectory and he's got to hit those spots, mm -hmm. he's going to be in there. Yeah, and another guy that's going to get a little bit of polishing and finishing in, in Vegas. Get, you know. Get a little bit of the, I, I I always look at the USL and here's a go back to hockey. It's like it's like the lower levels of hockey. Like the ECHL, little bit, yeah, what is it called? A little bit of goon goons in there that are gonna rough you up a little bit and you yeah. need a little bit of that. You don't want them to get hurt and to get, you know, never want to play a good, again. Uh, minor league town for hockey. Uh Oshawa? Windsor, Windsor, Ontario. Thunder Bay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Regina. Pipe in, Jason. You're the <laughs> hockey fan. What do you got? I know. He's just Saskatchewan. What's that mean? What? Uh, like, minor leagues, like minor of league hockey. hockey. Thunder, Thunder Bay. Bay. Yeah, Thunder Bay <laughs> yeah. is great. What's a good U.S. side one? Like just on like in like uh, D Duluth, Hartford the Wolfpack. Hartford Wolfpack. <laughs> That's Jason's pick, Hartford Wolfpack. Yeah. To replace their precious whalers. Uh, so uh, I think we covered it. Well, we had Raheem. Uh, Raheem is another guy that's that's like on the outs there because he 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 came through. Obviously, he had to get some green card issues, and he's just now gotten there. So he's. He's behind it physically, but he's another guy that I think, you know, he's a talented dribbler. He's a talented uh, winger type, could probably even play a little bit midfield. So he's a, that stacked, stacked through the midfield, stacked in, in, in the forward lines. And we'll give Cal Jennings a, a, a shout because that's what happened to Masovsky. He came yeah. over from Brazil and now he, he got some games. So why not Cal Jennings? Yeah. So you can see it's stock. And again, it's a long season. 
They'll be playing two games a week, a little bit later, thankfully, in the summer. So be prepared. We haven't even looked ahead to the game. Let's talk about the game. Let's, do that. Let's do that quick, yeah. Briefly, we don't, Austin we don't FC. Know a ton of- uh, and their first year, just like last year, we're playing uh, the new guys. Mm-hmm. It was a bit of a grind against Inter-Miami. That's I think the people. I mean, that's probably the thing we can say more than anything. I do like, but it was it was coming off the Leon game, so there was too. a bit possibly yeah, a bit of a, little, a, little a letdown, tired, little tired legs. But you you have you're well aware of how an expansion team is wants to start the season. Um, how good would it be for them to start these? Because we our first game at Seattle will never be forgotten, mm-hmm. and you we don't know for sure how to quantify it, but it feels like it was a foundation stone that we mm-hmm. still put our feet on every now and then. Yeah. Yeah, you so know, it'd be big for Austin. You know, going into this game, this is this is uh, maybe harking back to that New England game. Don't come out thinking that you're just going to be able to play. You should know because you played in these games yourself, and then you were on the other side of it against Miami. Again, maybe slightly tired legs, but you know an expansion team, more so than their ideas, they're going to come out and they're going to get at you. They're going to close the space. They're going to be tight to you. So there should be no excuses for LAFC in this game. They should know right from the get-go that this team is going to press you a little bit they have a little bit more talent, I think, so, yeah, than the Miami. Than Miami. Team. So you, you made that mention to me. So talk about it because they did it. It looks like they did it a, a pretty savvy way to build this roster. Yeah, the roster build looks pretty good. They got some. They got that good mix of experience, but not too far along. Uh, MLS guys like Ring, I think, is a is a great choice to be. He's probably going to be their captain. Number six, you just lock it in. You get that six guy who can do it. Ring's a great guy to you have. You need a guy that can sew your team together, right? The, th- the last thing that an expansion team puts together is, is its balance, the way it stitches together its defense and its offense, and Ring is that type of guy. And then you got, you got some great talent up top. Who knows how well they'll click, but, again, you know what they're going to do. They're going to grind, and they're going to press you a little bit, and they're going to get tight to you, so you don't give them freebies. Don't give them the ball 30 yards from goal because Rodney Redes, Dominguez, even Pochettino uh, – even even Danny Hooson a little bit. I mean, we haven't seen him be at his best level, but they can score goals if you full, give them freebies. Full. I don't know if they're going to score goals. I don't think they'll give them freebies, but it, Ben Sweat, Nick Lima, good fullback play. Decent. Pochettino, uh, a, a good find for them. They went off the beaten path to get him. And everyone I speak to in Argentina say this is a really good player. He's at Talleres. And then Rodney Redes and Cecilio. They went the Paraguayan route. With, and Paraguay is, you got to keep an eye. They're creating some good players. And, the Argentine pipeline might be a little dried up, so go Paraguay, go Peru, yeah. go Colombia. Well, we've heard John Colombia's dried up. We've too. heard John Thornton talk about it. He's like, now when I go to Uruguay, I'm not the only one going there, anymore. <laughs> right? So he knows. And then now Paraguay might be the next step. Argentina's always been a hotbed of talent, so everyone's always there. Brazil, not so much because they're too expensive. Players too expensive. Too expensive. Too spread out and too hit or miss. Too hit or miss. All right, so we stay. So anyway, but. I, to me, this feels like an, a, a one settle LAFC victory again. I think it's going to be a grind. It's going to be a grind. It's going to be tight. fine. Right. But, but you don't want it. But to your point, you, as much as Austin would love this to be a cornerstone to their season, don't give it to them. Best of luck to everyone there. Adrian Healy, Michael LaHood will be in the broadcasting. We look out for each other. Good guys. So. Yeah. I got down to Austin last, uh, last week, saw the stadium from afar. It looks great. When I was cutting it's my not te- in the center of town. Well, when I was cutting my teeth. Which would have been great. You know, doing free blogging to try to get into this, this game. Uh, Michael Hood was one of the first people I interviewed at uh, Chivas, Chivas USA. Good dude. Speaking of Austin, rank the highwaymen from one to four. Tell me your favorite to last. So Willie Nelson, Ooh. Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, Johnny Cash. Go. I love Waylon. Waylon? Waylon won. No Waylon, doubt about it. Waylon's won. 
Willie or Johnny w- Cash? Willie and Cash, and then Christopherson. My bad. I can't Sorry, buddy. Johnny Cash three. Uh, Chris Christopherson fourth. But it's just it's it's like Christopherson knows he's he's four. Right? He does. Great songwriter. Yeah. Uh, best actor of the four, Chris Christopherson. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> just for his cameo in Pee Wee. So, last thing, because we want to get to the Bob Bradley interview. Yeah. And I knew we'd go. I like how you wrote this like it was going to last 10 minutes. What have you been on here for like 90 no, minutes? No, I wrote it. I so wrote it so that knowing that we would go longer, but to try to not pretend like we should just talk forever. And we Austin FC will be good, not a playoff team. We'll have a good year. Yeah, it's tough in the West. It's tough in the West. LAFC expectations overall. One or two. In the West. One or two. Who will be the team that presses? I think they will probably be one or two. Uh, Portland uh, seems I, a little interesting. I think Portland. Yeah. I think Portland. San Jose is going to be uppity this year, but they're not going to be at the top. I think Seattle, Seattle comes down a rung. Depending on how they recover from not having Jordan Morris. If they can, if they can get some um, results and then maybe get Jordan back, I don't think they will most of the season, or get somebody to replace him. Minnesota is another one that could. I don't trust Minnesota. I don't trust Minnesota. It really, when you look at it, I think it's LAFC, Portland. Yeah. The, I the like, Texas teams. And I like Abila, but Oh, Sporting. Sporting Kansas City. Uh, they, didn't really do a whole lot. Their, their schedule was so skewed to play not as good teams during that super regional schedule that we had last yeah. season. I think when they start to open up and play more teams, they're going to get. Let's be fair. Let's shoot it down line. Let's say Portland won in the West, LAFC two. That'll be our call. You just hedging your bet because I'm going to say LAFC one. Well, because I work, we work for LAFC, and then I want to say like. Right. But I still, have, LFC I still have a lot of friends on the LAFC team, so LAFC one. I'm just, I'm just trying to make it interesting. Okay, well done. Yep. I, again, I could sit here. Where's the, where's the beer? I know. Next time. We, there we, is a, uh, there's a, we start slow. Yeah, yeah. For, for people that don't know, it is 10 a.m. in the morning. Okay, where's the whiskey? <laughs> Come back I to kid, my car. I kid. I don't, I've actually, I've Tee up, much less drinking. You know we have a great and guest. I feel great. We're going to have a great Bob guest. Bob Bradley, our first guest. We had to come in big. You can't get any bigger this with LAC. He's the number one employee for the club. Everything starts with him. We'll talk about the club. We'll talk about the opener, and we'll get you ready. Max and Vince podcasts on Inside LAC. We are back. Rate, review, subscribe. Give us the love and we'll give it back. Back here on the rebirth of Inside LAC, Max and Vince podcast. We've got this beautiful new set. We had to have the very best possible guest. So Bob Bradley joining us. Bob, we wouldn't have it any other way. And this has to be exciting and challenging, obviously, after a challenging year. What's it like after intensive trainings to get ready for the season to be in a game week for the season opener? Everyone's very excited. I think it's been a good preseason, but when you get to the final week and everybody's looking forward to a home opener, uh, you can just feel it in the group. Bob, I know that anytime you look at a roster, you'd say maybe it's never 100% complete, but I'm looking at your roster and I'm seeing a lot of depth. I know you compare... Uh, players to other players kind of to get analogs of what they're like. Do you ever compare like the teams that you have to teams you've had in the past to kind of say, you know, this team plays a little bit like my, my 98 fire team or what, what, you know, what, when you stack up this team against teams you've had, what do you see? I do think that we've added depth. So we're excited. Uh, it's made competition um, really good in training every day. Uh, but the, the final part of exactly how the team evolves comes when you start regular games. Uh, small details in terms of the balance between going forward quickly and still controlling games, uh, our understanding of uh, pressing moments. So there's things that now we'll see as we go through uh, the first weeks of the season, but certainly uh, there's a feeling that, that we can 
take different ideas, put them together, uh, and be a team that's hard to play against, a team that's dangerous going forward, things that we've always uh, discussed. And, Bob, you'll get that opportunity for real games this weekend against Austin FC at Bank of California Stadium. Just like last year, you're starting with a team that is in its first game ever, which obviously limits the amount of tape you guys can have. You, you can get an idea of a club like this. They're going to look to seize any mistakes LAFC makes. Uh, how do you limit those things where you make sure you're watertight and you can get the upper hand in a game of this nature against a new boy here in Major League Soccer? Yeah, I think every team is, is thinking that how can uh, they force us into some mistakes? How can they take advantage? They know that we're a team that, that wants to play from the back. Uh, our decisions about how to do it, how to play over pressure, uh, how to create advantages, uh, the final decisions as we go forward of when to go to the goal and when to make more passes. Those are the things that, that we are, are constantly trying to improve. And, and certainly uh, we know some of the players at Austin from having been in the league. Uh, I know a little bit about Josh Wolf having coached him, and, and then he's been part of uh, the teams in Columbus and the national team with Greg Berhalter. So we've got some starting points on things that they'll try to do. And as always, we'll, we'll try to take our football ideas and put them out there and really go for it. Bob, you guys obviously earned the right to play at the highest level of competition to end out the year. So you have kind of that luxury uh, built in where you, you know maybe a little bit more about your team than others do having spent a lot of time. They had more time off. Uh, but I want to ask you, is there any of the newer guys? I know you, you highlighted after the last preseason game some of the young guys um, like uh, Eric Duenas and Tony Loney. Is there any of the newer guys that are, that are pushing to, to possibly feature for this weekend? I think Corey Barrett has done a good job um, understanding the way we want to play, developing uh, uh, good relationships on the field with, with Diego and Carlos. So he gives us good options. He can play from outside in. He can play as a nine. Uh, so, so certainly we're pleased with the progress he's made in preseason. Uh, and I think Marco Farfan has picked up things quickly. Um, he's a really good kid. He wants to get better. He works hard in training every day. Uh, and, and so some of the things that are important in the way we play in terms of positioning and as, as an outside back, uh, every day you can, you can see his wheels spinning as he keeps trying to put things together. When we look at uh, what happened in the offseason, a lot of compelling storylines, no doubt about it, Bob. For me, at the top of that list is the partnership with the Las Vegas Lights, the partnership now for LAFC SoCal Youth. And this gives you a lot of tears in developing a squad leading to the first team. So how does this pipe into your vision for how you would love to see LAFC working from top to the kids? From the start, we wanted to be a team that could connect uh, the first team and the way we played with a second team and an academy and, and, and how we go about finding and developing talent. And these are really important steps. Uh, we've got some young players uh, that I've mentioned throughout preseason, but maybe it's not quite time yet for them to be playing a lot of first team minutes. And so... Uh, the idea that they're going to be playing regularly with the second team, playing in the same way, uh, that is really important for all of us. So uh, those, are, those are really important steps, and, and I think it's going to 
uh, go a long way towards the way we can develop players for the first team. Bobby, talk about uh, new players come in and you guys uh, throw them in the deep end. You, you give them the whole book and they kind of figure it out on the fly. How does that work with someone like Steve Cherandolo, who's played for you? Uh, what's he been like as a coach kind of being thrown into the deep end with your ideas? Well, first off, Steve is uh, experienced. Um, and, and when you're a young coach, uh, the things that you took as a player, that's your starting point uh, as a coach. Now, through uh, his experiences in Germany and the, the German pro license, he's got some really good starting points. And I think it's important to give him uh, a little time and a little space to, to put together his ideas with how uh, we also want to play with the first team. But it means that there's really good football discussions every day. Uh, he's constantly throwing ideas at us, asking questions. And, and I think the experience that he has on the field with some of these young guys uh, will, will be very important for him in terms of developing uh, his ways of implementing ideas. Bob, you got a, a small taste of it in the, uh, the scrimmage with the New England Revolution on the weekend with some supporters there at Bank of California Stadium. Obviously, the last year plus has seen uh, this pandemic, a lot of games in empty stadiums, protocols at, at every corner. And now we see some light at the end of this tunnel. There will be supporters there this weekend, and certainly it appears that that will grow as we head into the summer. Uh, what does that mean for you and the club personally, uh, and how are you able to to get through that process knowing the, the supporters you hope were going to come back at, at some point, and it appears to be now? Well, it means everything to us because from the start, the connection that we have with our fans has been key. Uh, and... Um, throughout this last year, uh, we, we honor all of our fans that have played big roles as essential workers, uh, whether that's in different parts of healthcare, law enforcement, uh, deliveries, uh, just doing things that have helped all the rest of us keep going. Uh, we also know, sadly, that, that uh, we lost some great people, uh, some real uh, important members of our LAFC community. And so seeing everybody back in the stadium is going to be special. It's also going to mean that there's some reflection about what, what we're all doing and how we can continue to grow together. So there's a lot to it, but uh, for all of us, it's going to be an incredible feeling to have uh, – some of our best in the stadium with us again. Bob, I want to thank you. It's my, my first one back with Max back on the, the podcast. So thank you for being our guest finally. We never got to have you when we had the podcast before, but uh, it's an honor to have you uh, come on the podcast on my first one back. So hey, thank he, you. And, he gets and good the bigger luck. dressing room too, Bob, if you can believe that. He nah, Vince is big time, always has been. And uh, no, we're proud of you, man. Good luck with it all. Uh, thank you, Bob. Thanks, I'm going to clip that, guys. I need that everywhere. <laughs> thank you. Thanks again to Bob Bradley for joining us and his incredible insight as he gets ready for the season opener coming up this Saturday. And thanks to you for joining us on the rebirth of Spinal Tap Mach 2. Not Spinal Tap. It is the Max and Vince podcast here. But it and goes to 11. It goes to 11. I have that movie memorized. We'll also have a lot of cool stuff. This is just the tip of the iceberg. Next up at the Austin game, the virtual tailgate. You can follow it on LAFC app. We're taking a whole new level, the 110 football crew. I'll be joining inside, and we'll get you ready for the game. Yep. I want to thank Max.
Thank you. We're back. Oh, thank Thanks you. for sticking around and wanting to have me back. And you're do my it. guy, Vince. And Thanks. I told you that. Thank you to our producer, Jason Carapesi, for being in our ear. Um, Thunder Bay's finest. Thank you to 110 Football for allowing us to do it here in the fabulous fan cave. Could not ask for a better home. 110 Football, Fridays at noon on YouTube. and It's a great show. I watched episode one. This guy's got some great acting chops, by the way. And, not to mention, 110 Football, ex-LAFC, part of the virtual tailgate, starting this week at the bank for the Austin, Austin FC game. Did I just say that? Max Bredos. You will be part of it. I'm just adding it on. You know more about it than I do. I just show up and look pretty. That's my job. I'm, just, I'm actually just, yeah, I'm, I don't know exactly what we're doing, but I'm showing up and I'm going to nail it. Subscribe. Tell a friend this is where you're going to be. We will have you as part of the conversation. You can be involved here. Rate, review us, leave us a note. This is your podcast as well. We're just the conduits between you and the club. We'll make it happen. That's all we have. We'll see you next week. And we'll have our full post game from Austin FC. We'll get you ready. We've had the Sounders, right? Yep. It's, we're back, baby. We're doing we this all back. the time now. So see you next week. Plaza Domingo. Oh, yes! 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 Yes!